0: Titus uh, this morning again. We're in Titus Chapter Three, and um, we've been looking at reminders. And so I want to, that's what he's talking about here in in, uh, uh, Titus chapter 3 and verse 1. It says, put them in mind. That means uh, help them to remember, make them to remember, if you will. And so put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, and to be ready to every good work, to speak evil of no man, and to be no brawlers, but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving diverse lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But after that, the kindness and love of of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. And so if you will, uh, uh, just for sake of time, uh, I'll cut that short there. But he's in the process of uh, reminding them of some of the truths that are most important for living, if you will, a Christian life. And uh, uh, if you will, in verses 1 through 3 is what we've looked at so far. He reminds them of the changes that God desires in their, in, he wants to change in their lives. And the first one was to be under authority. And uh, we talked about that, so I'm not going to go over it too much. But if, if this world, people could just learn to be under authority, it's good to be under authority. Amen. Makes society work, makes families work, makes churches work, okay? Uh, makes businesses work. Uh, can you imagine if people could hire people that would do what they were told? Do you think businesses would be happy? Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, uh, if you will, uh, he says that we need to be under authority. The second thing, and we looked at this a couple of weeks ago, is we need to be careful how we talk about others. Verse two, there's pretty clear about that. But speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers, but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. And it's really talking about, if you will, be careful how you talk about one another. Have a, uh, the first one was kind of have a servant's heart, be under authority. Okay, you know, uh, you, you remember uh, Jesus wants us to be servants. That word is a slave. That, boy, that's under authority. I mean, think about it. Uh, and so if you will, we need to have a servant's heart. Second one is we need to have a respectful heart. Be respectful how we talk about one another. And by the way, we talked about the source of whatever comes out of our mouth comes from our heart. So if you will, you know, we need to have a respectful heart. You know? Think about that. And, and so a servant's heart, respectful heart. And then third, in verse 3, it says, For yourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving diverse lusts and pleasures. I, I won't go on. And we talked about that from both sides, about from somebody that grew up, you know, not really living a li- wicked life. But uh, uh, if, you, if you were raised in a Christian home, be careful about the attitudes, wicked attitudes, okay? We talked about that. Maybe you do need to confess wickedness or, or wicked things. But he's telling us, if you will, remember who you used to be. And even if you were a wicked sinner, good. But if you grew up, you know, you know, I didn't smoke or drink or cuss or do any of those things. Well, I appreciate that. Did you ever have any bad or wrong attitudes? Uh, I will tell you this. Uh, I remember when I first uh, was asked to teach a Sunday school class, one of the things that really convicted me, not didn't convict me, it bothered me. It bothered me that all the bus kids sat on this side and all the church kids sat on that side. And they wouldn't hardly talk to one another. And uh, if, if you would, you know that's that's ugly too. that's wicked too, okay And so if you will, uh, remember who we used to be, okay and so that's a humbled heart and so he just he's just talking about uh, some changes he wants to, he wants to change their heart when it comes to being a servant and respectful and, and, and humble. and so we've looked at that, so we'll move on. And then now he wants to remind them how that they were changed. Okay, how that we were changed. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. And so all of us have gone through some changes or should have. And so uh, uh, we notice a couple things, uh, how how they were changed. How did they become changed? Not that we changed ourselves. You know, if anybody says, well, I'm going to stop doing this, I'm going to stop doing that. Well, I appreciate that, but you're probably not. You're probably not. You're going to find out that you're going to need the Lord to change you in those areas. He's going to need to change your attitudes. He's going to need to change your desires. He's going to need to change your actions. Amen. And, uh, and so if you will, look what it says in verse 4. Because this is the context. But after that the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, then he goes into it. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. Y'all see that? And so if you will, he's, he's reminding us this, that after salvation, if our lives are improved or our families are healthy and we got good things going on, we might want to remember who did all the work. Well, it's because we did this and we did this and we did this. No, you might want to remember, <laughs> not by works of righteousness, which you have done, but according to his mercy. And so if you will, he, he kind of breaks this down. The first thing that we see in verse four is we didn't reach out to God. God reached out to us. Now, think about that. We didn't, we didn't, you know, well, I've been seeking God. Well, I appreciate that. But no, you have not. <laughs> I mean, you might feel that in your heart. You might think that in your heart. But you're not the one that initiated the, 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 the relationship. You're not the one that did the most work to make it work. We'll look at that even more here in a second here. You know, that uh, it's very interesting. Look in verse 4. It says, but after that the kindness and love of God, our Savior, toward man appeared. That word, that word, love toward man appeared, is one word in the Greek. Now, I don't know if that really makes a difference, but the whole point is this. It's, it's not a whole bunch of words in Greek. It's love toward man appeared, okay, is one word. And so, how do you describe love? By the way, how many words are there for love? Huh? A lot, okay, a lot. Why? Well, it's just a lot of ways of describing love or trying to help people to understand what you mean when you talk about the word love, okay? And, and, and so if you will, the Bible says it, that that is one word there, love towards man, okay? Love towards man, meaning it, it had an object, it had a source, it had, a, uh, it had an origin, and all of it was from God. That's, that's the emphasis, I believe, in that word there. And so our love is a response to him loving us first. We love God because he first loves us, okay? 1 John four nineteen, And so we love God because he first loved us. Why do you love God? Well, he saved my soul. Well, he first loved you then. Why do you love God? Well, he's so good to me. You mean he loved you first then, okay? And so here's the whole point is we need to remember that we're not sitting in church here today because all of a sudden we woke up and realized, you know what? I think I want to pursue a relationship with God. No, I, I think you will realize that God drew you, and God worked, and God provided, and God did, and God reached, and then you finally responded, okay? Uh, if, if you guys uh, get tired of, uh, of uh, junk mail. And how many of y'all pretty much can recognize it as soon as it hits your mailbox? And that's the wonderful thing is when you have little kids. Hey, honey, you got mail. Look, there might be a credit card in there. Oh, man, they were so excited. You know, <laughs> There might be a credit card in there that they could play with. And uh, my whole point is this, is it's relentless. It's relentless. It just comes and it comes and it comes, and you throw it away and you throw it away and you throw it away, and you think, man, they got to spend a lot of money doing that. Please take this the right way. They do it because it's profitable. Well, think about this how many times does God reach out to us and he reaches and he reaches and he reaches anybody here ever acted in a hateful way towards God nobody's going to want to raise that hand are they has anybody ever mistreated God did he send you more mail reaches and he reaches and he reaches and he reaches and every once in a while we get sideways with him and well I would never do that refer to last week's message (laughs) Uh, he reaches and he reaches and he reaches anybody here been married for more than 10 minutes Have you had to reconcile your relationship more than one time? And why do you do that? Well, I made a promise I have to. (laughs) No, because you love them, right? Have you ever forgiven somebody knowing you were right? I want you to think about that because I think that's a key to relationship. Okay? Who loved first? God. Who was the offended party? God. Who loved most? God. (laughs) Who had the least to offer? Us. (laughs) You all with me? Folks, this is very important and And, and, you know, if this was a marriage and family class, this would be the perfect place for it. But this is the adult Sunday school class, so can I encourage you? Let's not just take this to heart, but let's take this to our homes. We need to teach these lessons in practice, and we need to teach these lessons as lessons, okay? But I want you to think about this. For a relationship to work, somebody has to forgive first. Who forgave first in our relationship with God? Was it even close? Because here's the little secret. He forgave us before he created Adam and Eve. You know how I know that? Because the Bible tells us in the book of Revelation that Jesus is the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. He said, I'm going to forgive them. And whenever, whenever we go into a relationship, that ought to be our attitude. I'm going to forgive them. By the way, if you're mad at your kids... Can I tell you? You got to have the attitude. I'm going to forgive them, so. Okay. Well, you don't know what they've done. Help me for a second here. They're your children. Yeah, but they. I don't care. Okay. Somebody has to make the decision to forgive first. All right. And I will promise you this. Who usually does? Well, take this the right way the, the more mature the more loving, the bigger person, okay? And if you will, and I'm not trying to be ugly, I'm not trying to be controversial, but if you're constantly the one that has to be appeased, you, you're, you don't got the relationship thing right. Because I'll promise you, in, in my relationship with my wife, I'm usually the one that's wrong, but every once in a while, it's her. I mean, not very often. Okay. But here's, here's the whole point. Somebody has to be first. You don't know what they did. I don't care what they did. Somebody has to be first. Whenever I've taken and tried to reconcile a marriage, I, that's one of the lessons I have to teach them. One of you has to be the first to forgive. Well, they, 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 they did the most, so they have to be first. Well, maybe, maybe not. But I'll tell you this, until somebody forgives, you can't reconcile a relationship. And so you know what God did? He said, I'll forgive first. I'll forgive first. Are we supposed to follow his example? Yeah. And so if you will, somebody has to forgive first. Somebody has to forgive the most. Well, I'll I'll forgive as much as they forgive. Well, can I just tell you, by and large, usually somebody has to forgive more than the other person. I say, I just lost half of you right there. Because most of you, that first one, yep, somebody's got to be first. And some, I said, Somebody, somebody's got to be most. <laughs> Is it a problem with human nature? Again, you don't know what they did to me. They did that Okay. How many of y'all are omniscient? Nobody here. None of us know each other's backstories. Have you ever seen somebody that hurts people? They just hurt people all the time. Just hurt people. You're like, what is wrong with them? Why are they? Why did they do that to people? How many of y'all have ever heard the expression "hurt people"? Hurt people. People who have been hurt, hurt people, okay? Um, I got a phone call this last week um, from coast to coast. One of their employees died, and uh, Mike back in the back. I don't know if you know him, but um, one of the employees a number of months ago had had a uh, one of the workers there, their son who committed suicide, they asked me to come in and to minister to him. And I ministered to everybody and then when this happened they called me and said, hey, you know, you came last time would you come this time? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. By the way, by the, that's why you do things, just in case you get another chance. Understand? And uh, this guy who, who died, one day I, I went there and he comes up to me You don't usually do that to a customer. It's like, what? what, what?" I'm mad at you. By the way, very seldom do you see an adult man do that. (laughs) I mean, he he was fuming. I'm like, what in the world? He says, you took the last cup of coffee. I'm like, Mike, I got bad news for you. I just got here. (laughs) <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't do it and then he lightened up and he's, he's okay well I was talking with some of the people I said he I said he was a little odd sometimes he goes that was his sense of humor he thought that was funny <laughs> I, he said he put a lot of people off with that he said a lot of people wanted to hit him <laughs> and, and I was he was just odd take this the right way I don't know where he learned that. I don't know where he picked that up. And maybe, you know, he had been hurt. Why am I thinking it's it's fresh? That's why it's on my mind. But folks, sometimes people just have personality quirks. They hurt people. It it may or may not be intentional, but it also might be the way they were raised, it might be the way they were treated, It, it might, did I say the word quirk already? Yeah, they're just quirky people, okay? And you say, well, they started it. They did it. They blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Somebody's got to forgive more. And they might not even have the capacity to forgive. You guys understand my point? I think some of y'all right now are thinking of illustrations in your mind. And some people are in the habit of hurting people and, and maybe they never say they're sorry and you're like, Ugh. and can I just say this, they might not have that capacity. Have you guys read in the book of Hebrews what the result of bitterness in your heart is? What's the Bible say? If you get a root or bitterness in your heart, yeah, many will be defiled or destroyed. Because you got a root of bitterness, and you know how to avoid getting a root of bitterness in your heart is forgive. Forgive. Why do they act like that? I don't know. Forgive them. They're doing this to me all the time. I know. Maybe they don't know what they're doing to you. Forgive them. Why? Because if not, you get to walk around all the time going. <laughs> And pretty soon, your health is affected. Your walk with God is affected. Amen? And you know all it would have taken was, God, I forgive him. And there might come a point where you could say, I've already forgiven you, or I forgive you. By the way, sometimes I might say, I don't need your forgiveness. Well, I forgive you for that, too. Honestly. Honestly. Why? Because if you're going from offense to offense to offense to offense... Then you get to take and live the rest of your life Or you can live free Well, You know how many times I've forgiven them What was Jesus' measure Yeah And by the way that doesn't mean Okay I'm up to 48 You got one more forgiveness coming That's nonsense He was clearly using a metaphor In a sense saying Peter how many times have I forgiven you Amen? Peter, how many times have I forgiven you? I'm not telling you to forgive him seven times. And by the way, Peter thought he was being generous. I'm telling you till 70 times seven, not 49, for, excuse me, 490. Okay? Somebody has to forgive first, somebody has to give, forgive most, and, some, and, and, and somebody's going to have to forgive more often. What type of relationship would we have if God was not willing to do all this for us? Well, folks, we'd lose our salvation again and again and again and again and again. I got to ask a question here, and don't answer. Don't even shake your head, please. How many of y'all have a lot of former friends? You say, well, they changed. How long do you make friends? And I, I will tell you this. I, I have a policy in my life. I, if I make a friend, you're my friend forever. Are friends going to let you down? Yeah. Are you going to have to answer hard questions about your friends sometimes? Yeah. But can I just tell you this? It's a principle that God never gave up on me. And he said this, he says, I no longer call you servants, but I've called you my friends. We're friends with the creator of the heaven and earth. Amen. Okay. You say, well, I, they, they change. They, listen, they can change, but that doesn't mean you can't stop being your, their friend. Do you have to hang out with them? No. No. Do you have to answer for what they did? No, that's on them. That's, that's what they did. But can I say this? If they ever want to stop doing those things, can they still call you? See, that's where you want to be. Listen, you, you went wild for a while, but I'm still here. I'm still your friend. I still love you. Amen. Not happy with what you're doing. By the way, who can have more impact on a person, a stranger or a friend, So, why is it good to continue to maintain those relationships? Is well, I can still make a difference in their life. Amen. Okay. Let, let me say this, and I, I think it's important to say this. Um, do you have to rescue your friends? Everybody's looking at me for an answer. I'm just hoping you had one. Do you have to rescue the people you love? The answer is no. You still love them, but that doesn't mean you've got to pay their bills when they won't work. That doesn't mean you've got to let them keep hurting you. Okay? Why, why do I go to this detail on this question? Well, because there's always that one more, yeah, but what if? What if this? What if that? And so you still love them, but that doesn't mean that you've got to be mixed up in their drama either. Does that make sense, everybody? Everybody's kind of quiet here. Okay. Um, and so God reached out to us. The second thing that we see is that God did all the work. Look what the Bible tells us in our text here. Uh, look at verse 5. In verse 5, the Bible says this, it says, Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. By the washing of regeneration, the renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Okay. And notice again, we talked about the Trinity the other day. Well, the Trinity is involved in uh, how God works in our heart. God's mercy, that's the Father, I believe. The Spirit's ministry, that's the washing and the regeneration. And then the Son's generosity, meaning that uh, He's willing to give His life, He's willing to give His love. And, and, and He is the one that gives and gives and gives again. And, uh, and so we see God reached out to us. God did all the work. Uh, if anybody wants to start taking credit for their lives, you might want to back up on that. Okay? If you have a lot of money, is that, that's because of your hard work and stewardship. True? Partly true. <laughs> Partly true. Okay? Because I'm not trying to tell anybody not to use good hard work and stewardship. <laughs> but can I just say this? Could the Lord take it all from you just like that? He could take it all like that. Okay? And it's well within his rights because he owns everything. So if you have any security, who gave it to you? God did. And you're the one that had the healthy body and the healthy brain so you could get the healthy job with the healthy wage. Y'all understand? And so maybe you want to say, well, God's the one that enabled me to work. And God's the one that gifted me to know how to handle money. I will promise you this. There's some people just don't know how to handle it at all, okay? And uh, praise God if you put those disciplines in your life. Amen, okay? Uh, You all with me? Okay. Uh, And so we need to be thankful for all that he's done in our lives. Then uh, third, we see that he did all the work, but we received the benefit. Look what it says in verse 7. In verse 7, the Bible says that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. You know what an heir is? An heir is somebody who had a rich dad. And he dies and then turns everything over to you. And the thing that's funny about it is a lot of times whenever you see that, they're reading a will and people are fighting over what they got. You know, they got a commercial out right now about where the cat got everything. Okay, I don't know if you've seen it. (laughs) A cat gets everything. It's like, ugh! cat got everything. No, the whole point is this, is we have a Heavenly Father. He owns everything. He has provided everything, body, soul, and spirit, that is important and valuable. Amen. And so, if you will, we have received uh uh the benefits verse seven again look what the the verse says says it says being justified that we're justified means to be to render righteous or innocent can i tell you this there's not an innocent person in here but when god looks at you he's he's rendered you innocent he's justified you when we stand before the throne of god you know all that god's going to see all that god's going to see is the robes of jesus's righteousness upon us amen I don't know about you, if you're going to inherit something, that's what you need to inherit. You mean I can have all my sins forgiven? Yeah. What do I got to do? Just got to become a son of God. I got a friend of mine that, uh, it's called the Camino something in, uh, in Spain. And it's a, it's a walk. You, you take a backpack and you start walking. And you'll walk for days, weeks, possibly months, okay, depending on how fast you walk. And people are so used to this thing in Catholic services that um, that uh, I mean, you could stop at a house and people will let you stay at their house because they're just used to pilgrims being on this journey. And if you walk the whole thing at the very end from the Catholic Church, you get what what is called a plenary dispensation. Okay, you know what plenary means? Plenary means full. We believe in the plenary inspiration of the Word of God, meaning God inspired all of it. Okay, all right. And so plenary means you can do any sin, singular, that you want to, and God will forgive you for it. Okay, because you got a piece of paper because you took a three-month journey on this Camino. Camino just means walk or road. Okay, you all understand that? Uh, Please take this right away. All I had to do was ask Jesus Christ to forgive my sins. Amen. The Bible tells us here that he did all the work and we get all the benefits. We get the grace, the unmerited favor, the gift uh, that accompanies salvation. And so we can be heirs. You know, the Bible says the hope. Look what it says in verse 7. It says the hope of eternal life. You know, hope is expectation. How many of you all are hoping to go to heaven when you die? Three of us. So either I asked the wrong question or we're defining the word different. How many of y'all hope to go to heaven when you die? Okay, I got us up to seven. Some of you got, I'm not hoping, I know. Can I, folks, that's what hope means. Hope means that you have an expectation, not that you might get it, but what's going to be awaiting you when you get there. Okay, there's a big difference. I'm not hoping I'm going to heaven. I have a hope in heaven okay and so if you will that's that's the difference between those words there and so we have received the benefit and then last of all i got a second here we need to remind them how they can show their gratitude look what the bible says in verse 8 see god wants us to have a changed heart god is the one that wants to change it for us amen we are the ones that's going to receive the benefits and now it comes time to show gratitude here a few weeks ago in Civil Air Patrol, I taught the, the character lesson of gratitude. And I talked about how that we could show gratitude to one another. How many of y'all grew up uh, writing thank you notes? Okay? No? Okay. Uh, in my family, you couldn't accept the Christmas present unless you promised to write a thank you note. Okay, and so you had to write it. And it was always this, dear grandma, Thank you for the present. I love you, Mark. <laughs> okay, which is the way it was. Okay. And uh, my whole point is this, is we've kind of lost that. We've kind of lost the thank you. People, you open a door for a lady, the lady doesn't say thank you. you. You open it for a teenage boy, they definitely don't say thank you. They just duck their head and run through, you know. And, uh, and we're, we've lost the simple courtesies in our society But, folks, it's because we've lost the courtesy with our God. The Bible says in verse 8, the Bible says, This is a faithful saying, and these things I will that thou affirm constantly that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable to men. Folks, that word, be careful, is the same word we get our word anxiety for. Okay. Now the Bible tells us that we shouldn't have anxiety. Okay. Uh, help me know what's the word I'm looking for. I wrote it down. Philippians four six. Come on, somebody, nobody knows it. Okay, we'll have to turn. It. Yeah, there you go. Be anxious for nothing. Okay. Okay. So we're not supposed to be anxious about anything. But that's the same word. It, it's the same word. It's the same word. Okay. And so it's it's saying this. Don't be anxious. Don't worry about your worries. But you ought to care that you're working for the Lord. Why? Because every day that's a thank you note. Can I say, how can we work for the Lord? Well, we can pray and not for ourselves. We can pray for one another. Amen. We can take and we can witness. Can we witness? Amen. Use every opportunity. Uh, um, There was a, a girl and she had a tattoo. And let me just say this. I don't believe in tattoos, but she did. And she had a tattoo that just had some odd characters on her wrist, and I thought, what in the world? And she had exponential numbers on both sides of these characters that looked like Hebrew, but it didn't spell a word I was familiar with. And and I said, I said, you got to forgive me. I got to ask you. I said, what uh, what are those? What's the tattoo on there for? And she goes, Oh, well, that's that's Yeshua in Aramaic, and uh, and Jesus. And she says, people ask me about my tattoos, and then I get a witness to them. You know, that was her method. That was her means. She said, I'm going to have people ask me about those things. Unfortunately, I had to tell her it was written backwards. But anyhow, <laughs> I felt bad for her. <laughs> but anyhow, um, uh, she. Uh, but she, we had a wonderful opportunity to talk about the Lord. She was excited about things of God. And it was obvious that she had talked to her coworkers about it. And just thankful, thankful. Why? Because God saved my soul, okay? Carry a gospel track. Take and have a smile on your face. Why are you always smiling? I'll tell you why I'm always smiling. I'm going to heaven when I die. You know who made that available for me? Jesus Christ, amen. You know, pick up a piece of trash. Uh, by the way, can I just encourage parents? Guys, we're having real trouble with trash in here. Can I encourage you, if you see some, encourage people to pick it up, okay? And, and you say, well, what's the big deal? Man, it's just an act of love. It's just an act of gratitude, Just, hey, I can pick up a piece of trash, okay? And so God is saying this. He says, listen, these are the lessons I want you to learn. This is how I want you to apply them. I'm the one that provided these benefits for you. And if you could just say thank you, that would be appreciated. And would to God that we could learn these lessons. And we're done.